What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of After School Program, the podcast where we talk with successful young adults about how they navigate their lives and careers after school. I'm Zach McHale, and unfortunately, this episode is without my co-host, Connor High. Today's guest is Catherine Churchill. Catherine is currently pursuing her doctorate in English at the University of Virginia. In this episode, we talk about when and why Catherine decided to go back to school, pursuing an English major and failing out of econ during undergrad, her time teaching English in France, and working in publishing. Here she is, Catherine Churchill. All right, so I think a good point to start is when and why did you decide to go back to graduate school or go back to school? So when I decided to go back to school, I was working in publishing at this like terrible job and I had this terrible boss named Karen mm-hmm. and she would like yell at me every day. And like my whole job was like packing books in these little envelopes with like just the right amount of bubble wrap. And I mm-hmm. couldn't pack them with too much bubble wrap or she'd yell at me and I couldn't pack them with too little bubble wrap or she'd yell at me. And so I was doing this all day long. It's the bubble like, wrap what- paradox. Yes, it is truly a bubble wrap paradox with high stakes too. Cause you know, getting yelled at every day isn't, isn't fun. Um, mm-hmm. So um, I have this job that I hate and I was like, Oh my God, I got to get out of here. So I had like been thinking about grad school for a long time because I like loved the stuff I was doing undergrad and, and um, missed writing and I missed reading all the time. And so I kind of got an application together over the course of like me kind of like being at that job and then eventually leaving that job. Um, And by the time I actually found out I had gotten into grad school, I was at a different job that I really liked um, in advertising, um, advertising for Mountain Dew, actually, for like an agency that contracts with Mountain Dew. Mm -hmm. Um, And basically, it was a really hard decision at that point, actually, like I had found this job that I loved, but like, I loved the people and I loved the atmosphere and and I didn't love like working at spreadsheets and stuff. And it kind of became like a game time decision when I was sort of like, do I go or do I not go? Um, And I think I was in like a good position because I couldn't really choose wrong, you know, like it was going to be good either way. Um, And so I ended up going and and I'm really happy that I did because it's been, it's been really fun. Yeah. Yeah. So then how long did that take for that like application to go through between when you had the new job and like you had sent that application and then it was a couple months after, I guess, that you'd heard back? Yeah. The way that grad school admissions work, it's like you apply in the fall and you get all this stuff together. You have to have like a writing sample and letters of recommendation and a personal statement. It has to be perfect um, because it's really hard to get into these PhD programs that are funded. Mm -hmm. So I sent that in in like December and you find out in like between like February and March if okay. you've gotten in or not. Yeah. But, but you spend like six months getting your application together. It takes a long time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So then what's the day-to-day look like now in your role? My day-to-day is like, um, I wake up, I feed my dog, I take my dog for a walk. I sit down and I like read for like three hours or whatever, or I answer emails from my students or I'm like in class, depending on the day. That's just kind of fun about grad school is you get to make your own day for the most part. Like mm-hmm. I have my classes when I have my classes and I teach when I teach. But other than that, like if I feel like grading, I can grade or if I feel like reading, I can read. Um, but I usually have like a class or two a day that I attend as a student and then like a class a couple times a week that I teach as a teacher. Um, but it's really varied. And then there's other events, you know, we go like, like, um, 
professors from other universities will come visit and we have to go uh, attend those or, um, you know, work with colleagues on whatever departmental stuff, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Okay. Yeah. So I think now's a good point to go back to the beginning then. Is like, is this a place where you thought you would be when you were a kid? Because you were always into reading. You're definitely a, a bookworm since you were a kid. Yeah, I was always so into reading, but I feel like people told me like my whole life, like this can't be a job. Like, you know, on the one hand, they're like, oh yeah, keep reading. Um, you know, reading's good for you or whatever. But then on the other hand, they were always like, you know, you can't be a writer. You can't be a, like a reader for a job. Um, you gotta do something else, you know? Um, so by the time I, like, I got to college and I was like, well, I'll major in English like for fun, but I'll go do econ too, because that's what I feel like my parents want. That's what I feel like I should do. And that's how I'm going to get a job, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, then I failed out of econ. And so I, <laughs> I couldn't get a job with an econ degree. Yeah, more or less. Like what happened was, is like, I did really badly in this one class, like uh, actually in a couple of classes and I was hanging on by a thread. <laughs> <laughs> and finally this professor like had me come into her office and she's like, Catherine, listen, you're so bad at this. Like you got to get out of here. I'll pass you in this class, but you got to promise never to take another econ class again. (laughs) (laughs) Talk about looking out for you. Oh, my God. (laughs) I know. I was like, deal. That's the best deal I've ever gotten. So I I took that. And then I was just an English major. Mm -hmm. Were you you failing it just because you weren't interested? Like you didn't really want to understand it? Like, why do you think you were struggling with that class? combination of things like I think I sucked at it like I just wasn't very good at it like I'm not a spatial reasoner like it's not a strong suit of mine I think also like I was one of like you know two women in a class of like 30 people and I think that not that I was like you know there was no like discrimination happening I but like I do think like all of the guys would like go play video games and then do their problem sets together and I felt kind of like socially excluded from like you know the the class. And so then I didn't have people to do my problem sets with and that kind of thing. Whereas in English, like that was not the dynamic at all, you know, mm-hmm. but I don't want to blame too much on that because I really was quite bad at econ. Um, and I wasn't interested in it. Like it sucked to study for, I didn't get it. Um, and I was like, I could either study these graphs and these numbers and stuff, or I could go read this awesome book, like novel, you know, that I've been right. wanting to read for years. So, um, yeah, definitely. Like, English was just, it was just more fun. And, and then why did you choose Bowdoin College? Is that how you pronounce it? Bowdoin? Yeah, it's Bowdoin. Um, I, um, I wanted to go to a small college with like small classes. I wanted to be in Maine. Um, it was a great place to be. Um, cause you were in these small classes and having these awesome discussions and getting, you know, kind of close with your professors and like, um, like as far as like, it was also really fun. You know, we had like a great time and it was very silly and we went hiking all the time and drinking on ski lifts and that kind of thing. But, Mm -hmm. um, but I think intellectually it was also just like a really cool place to be. Mm -hmm. And what other activities were you involved in there as you were trying to figure things out? Cause I guess, I guess when you went to Bowdoin, you're like, all right, maybe I'll do econ and English and kind of, what are you thinking you might want to do once you graduate? I guess if you were thinking about that when you're early on in school. That's a great question. Cause I feel like I started to kind of panic about it because again, everybody was telling me like, you can't get a job with your English degree. What are you doing? 
And I was like, well, I can't do econ. I tried that and I, I didn't like it and I, I wasn't good at it, you know? Um, so I had like a couple like econ related internships, but I was like, well, that is not going to be what I'm doing. Um, and I like was a part of the outdoors club and I was like a part of like a social house, which was like our equivalent of fraternities or whatever. But um, I didn't really like, I wasn't really feeling like, oh, I want to like jump into like doing career stuff or like be in like the business club or anything like that. Cause I was sort of like just enjoying like the, the intellectual experience of being there and of like confronting these new ideas and getting really excited about them. So I just like loved my classes, you know? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And so then by the time I was like about to graduate, I was like, well, everyone's telling me I can't get a, a normal job, which was not true. It turned out. Mm -hmm. um, so I was like, well, I'll go. Um, I ended up going to France and teaching English in France for a year. Um, but I felt like I like, I think I did that in part because I was like, well, I don't think I can get another job. You know, I feel like I got to teach English and otherwise I can't get another job, which again, like was not true. Like people were, were lying to me about that. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's just a stereotype, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause now I, I, you know, I know a lot of people who are, who are English majors who are like involved in production now and um, just from my side of seeing things, but yeah. So then how was that experience in France? Like you switching up college, like that's, that's a big change. I mean, it's one big jump is going to college by yourself. Like you're kind of moving out of your hometown, but then going off to a whole nother country is a, is a completely different deal. Yeah. And I, I was really sad and I ate a lot of croissants. Um, I think it was just like kind of a hard transition for me from like being in this like smaller community where like I knew everybody and, um, had a ton of friends to being like alone in a foreign country and like hardly speaking French and like kind of being like, well, what am I doing here? Like this is for one year and all of my friends are going off and being like paralegals, like they're starting med school, like they're, they all have their lives together. And I felt like I didn't have a path yet, you know? Mm -hmm. Did you feel like you were falling behind a little there? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because actually like the French, like, at the time I was like, well, what am I doing learning French? Like, I, I don't need to speak French. Like everybody tells me French is useless too. And it turns out actually now I use French like all the time in grad school. And it's like a huge advantage for me. Um, now I like read in French and it's like, um, like it's a huge leg up in grad school, but I didn't know that that was going to come back around and be useful to me right, until yeah. later, you know? So then how did you enjoy the, the experience in France? Are you like, you know, traveling around in your time? Are you... Like, are you staying in the city? Is it more rural university? I was in like one of the ugliest cities in France. Um, <laughs> which, <laughs> probably we should edit that out because it's so okay. rude to say. <laughs> the worst city in France. <laughs> it's, not, it's just, it was really ugly. But it was, it was great because I got to travel a ton and I went all over France and I went all over Europe and I like, you know, um, ate a ton of good food and met really cool people and learned a ton and, you know, made friends that I'm still friends with who live in, you know, Spain or Ireland or whatever. Like there are people from all over there and that was really cool. Um, so I think I like, it's the kind of experience I don't regret it because it was like amazing in, in a lot of respects and I learned a ton and I feel like that's the kind of thing you got to do is just kind of like explore and learn and meet new people when you're right out of college, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, 
So, um, but it, it was, it was definitely really hard. And it was, you know, it was hard to teach there too, because I was like 22 years old and I was teaching college level English classes to people who were sometimes older than me. And I remember like walking into this classroom in France and, you know, I spoke a little bit of French so I could understand when they all whispered to each other in French, she's so young. Mm. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Why did I have to study those words? I know. Right? <laughs> Better if you didn't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but, you know, I think there I did figure out that I do really like teaching. Um, and that was cool. And I made some good connections with my students and, uh, you know, it, I think it was validating for me to be like, oh, actually, like I could be a teacher if I wanted to be. Mm -hmm. And I do, it turns out I do want right. to be. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it turns yeah. out you do. <laughs> so then as you're finishing up that program, what are you starting to think as you know, you're you know going to have to come back to the States shortly? So I definitely started to panic because mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I put off getting a job. And now I have to actually try and everyone's telling me I can't and it's going to be impossible. So I started talking to people on the phone about like what it would be like to work in publishing, because I feel like at the time I didn't realize that you could like take a degree in English and go do whatever you wanted and, you know, go into business or go be a doctor. I was sort of like, oh, I have to go into publishing because that's what people who who read and write do. Mm -hmm. So I started talking to people on the phone about it um, and kind of learned a little bit about what that scene is like and about like the major publishers and how you get in with them and you, you have to do an internship before you can really get a job in publishing. Yeah. And um, how, how does, how do you typically navigate the publishing scene? So I think that publishing is really connections based. So like a lot of the times the people who really get the jobs are people who know people, which is like that in every industry. But I think, you know, it's a little harder to break into publishing because it's a smaller industry. It's not as well funded anymore. Mm -hmm. um, so I ended up getting an internship um, at Norton and they do like they do some kind of what we call trade books, which are books for like normal people to read, you know, just every day. And mm -hmm. I think and they also do like academic publishing. So like textbooks and like scholarly editions and that kind of thing. Um, but basically people like get an internship often at somewhere like Penguin or Random House or like one of those kind of big publishers that have these big programs. And then um, from there, you kind of like see if you can make connections and then and then get a foot in the door for like a a long-term job. Yeah. Which are what, like as an editor there or like, what are you trying to work up towards there? You like, so like you start as a um, assistant. And so you're like an editorial assistant or a marketing assistant. Cause like there's editors, right. But there's also the people who like market the books and make the covers for the books and the people who sell the books, like the salespeople, um, and there's people who like make the eBooks or people who make the audio books. Like there's all these different kind of like things that go into making books besides editing. Mm -hmm. um, there's people who do the contracts, you know, with the authors. Um, but you start out kind of no matter what department you're in, you kind of start out as an assistant and then you like theoretically slowly work your way up. Um, but it's hard because most of publishing is in New York City and it's really expensive to live in New York City as you know, we, as we know. Um, yeah. And uh, so it, it's kind of like a, how long can you make it work right. to be there as an intern, you know? All right. So then you're the publicity intern at 
W.W. Norton, how, how did you get your foot in the door for that first job? That, so I talked to somebody who was like, yeah, I did my internship at Norton. Um, somebody who I knew from Bowdoin kind of tangentially. And I sort of reached out to sort of, I was really nervous. I was like, she's not going to want to talk to me. And she was super helpful actually. Um, she's a doctor now and she majored in English, which again, is just goes to show. <laughs> you can do anything. Um, but um, she interned with the department that I ended up interning in. And I think that she kind of like forwarded my resume to somebody because um, I got a, an email um, for an interview and then I did this interview and was super nervous and sweaty and, mm-hmm. you know, got dropped off by my mom and stuff. But then I, <laughs> but then I got this <laughs> internship. Yeah. You're showing up like all dressed, all nice, but you're getting dropped off in the van by your mom. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And she like went and like waited at a coffee shop or something for me. <laughs> That's adorable. That's awesome. Oh uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so and then I got the job and that was like a three month thing. Um, and it, it was cool. That was really cool, actually, that internship, because I didn't know before that, like how books were actually made. And I got to like see it, you know, like we got like the um, like publicity. They like ad- advertise the books to, like newspapers and stuff and they try mm-hmm. and get um, like newspaper articles written about them and that kind of thing. Right. So um I got to see like the books that are called galleys, which are like the first copies of books that get approved and get read by reviewers and that kind of thing. I like sent out books to really famous people and, um, you know, obviously did my fair amount of like bringing people coffees and organizing people's purses and intern stuff. But I, mm-hmm. but I also got to see like the, the insides of the book industry. And for me, that was really cool as somebody yeah. who's been a reader forever, you know? Yeah, definitely. And then after that, um, what did you end up getting once you finished up that internship? Did you have something else lined up immediately after or was there a gap period? There was a little gap period. And during the gap period, I I worked like as a personal assistant to this super old guy on the Upper East Side, like bringing him groceries and stuff. Oh, I also like this whole time was writing like spark notes for like another company. Right. So I was also writing spark notes or it was for like a company called lit charts, but it's like the equivalent of spark notes. Basically. Yeah. Um, do you feel conflicted about your time there now that you're a teacher? No, I love spark notes. <laughs> I still use spark notes when I don't read for class. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember in high school people would do them and it was just like th- nobody would, just wouldn't read the book and you just run through the spark notes. And- yeah. You know what I, I did learn about like spark notes is I, I didn't realize until I started writing them that people like me wrote them. And sometimes, you know, because I, I started writing them when I was in France or whatever. Sometimes I would like come home and it would be like, 11 p.m. and I'd be like, oh shit, like I have a deadline. I gotta like do my spark note. And so it would be like me at like 2 a.m. like writing spark notes from my bed. And like, they, like I'm like, that's not, <laughs> you're that's not reliable. You're, <laughs> these, are, these are high schoolers who don't wanna write a report. So they're reading reports by people who also didn't wanna write the report, like crammed yeah. it at the last minute. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, yeah, so that's what, when I tell my students, when I'm like, hey, like, you know, it's fine to use that stuff, but you got to also read it. It's fine to use it if you get confused or like whatever, but you have to also read it because those guys writing it, I know them and they're not the most, <laughs> <laughs> they're not the best. <laughs> <laughs> I was them. <laughs> yeah. So I, 
I was doing all this kind of like just sort of hustling, you know, like getting groceries yeah. and writing spark notes. And so then, you're living, you're living in New York now. Like living in New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Getting, you know, crazy people on the subway, people peeing on my shoes, all that mm-hmm. good stuff. All the fun and stuff. And all the, all the fun stuff. Um, and then I got this internship. Um, what was the thing? Was, <laughs> Wait, it was, you had someone pee on your shoes. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I feel like it's my job. I got it. I have to back that up. <laughs> no, no, I'm just like, you know, things that okay. could happen. Okay. No, yeah. No, <laughs> I, um, I do have this like vivid memory of being on the subway at like eight in the morning. No, like seven in the morning, you know, cause it takes forever to get to Manhattan from Brooklyn and like watching this guy who was like barefoot laid out on the subway seats like eating a ham sandwich at like 7 a.m and just being like why do i live here (laughs) (laughs) is this gonna be me yeah if i can't get another publishing job i don't know (laughs) he's like he's like i was an english major kid you shouldn't have done it (laughs) yeah exactly um yeah so so then i get this and it was basically like an um an assistant job, but it was, it was like a full-time internship is what they called it at this, um, art book publisher. So they like, um, make like coffee table books and like, uh, exhibition books for museum exhibitions and that kind of thing. Um, and then I was like, you know, had a full-time job and like had benefits and, you know, was no longer worried about being the ham sandwich guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like, all right, I'm doing it now. Um, yeah. Ham sandwich guy can hold off another day. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And then from there, that was when you went to resolution media. Yeah. And so that was like, I was like really not, you know, loving that job. Um, mm-hmm. Spending all day trying to figure out how much bubble wrap to put in these packages for books. Um and what are you telling yourself as you're kind of going through, you know, as you're putting together a few consecutively, you know, shittier days? Yeah, I think I was like, so I was like, you know, is it time for me to like give up on like having a life that like involves like reading and writing every day? Like I was sort of like, is this sort of the end? And I, I kept thinking like, you know, when do you decide to give up on your dream? Like, what is that? Um like, and I think I really built it up because I think I thought that once you kind of went on a different path, you couldn't ever go back. Like, I think I thought that once you sort of give up your, that's just it, um, mm-hmm. which wasn't true, you know? Right. Um, but I was, I would talk to my friend, Claire, who had this great job in advertising. She got all this free stuff, free dinners, got taken out all the time, had a great boss, loved what she was doing. And I would talk to her about her job. And then I would tell her about my job. I finally was like, Claire, I think I want your job, actually. Like, I think I'm over this thing where I'm totally in my head about, like, am I going to be, like, a reader and writer forever? I was like, I'm done with that. I just want to, like, enjoy my day to day, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and she said, yeah, I'll, like, submit your resume to HR. And and then, like, whereas I had been, like, it would have been so hard and I had to hustle so hard to try and get a job in publishing, getting a job in advertising was like the easiest thing I've ever done. Really? Yeah. It was like, she submitted my resume to HR. I had like a really chill half hour interview with people that were great and like my age and like really fun. Um, I got like the job the next day and it was just a breeze. And I was like, well, 
you know, sometimes I think the path of least resistance is actually like leading you somewhere good, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. How did that day feel when you found out you got the job? Like, did you think you had it locked up after the interview? I didn't, I didn't have any idea what I was doing. Cause I was like, I don't know anything about this industry or what they want or, you know, anything like that. Um, I did kind of feel like at that point, like, I feel like after having worked so hard, I was like, if I don't get this job, there's going to be another job. You know, like I was like, I can get, I've gotten like 10 jobs at this point. Right. Cause I I've had to hustle so hard. And like, if it's not this job, it's going to be another job. So I think I had kind of like a fortitude about it, Mm -hmm. but, um, but it did, it felt great to be like, Oh yeah. Like actually like somebody wants me to do something that I need to like learn and I need to like use my brain and not just kind of be a, you know, somebody who gets coffee and packs books. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That had to be a huge change of pace for you then. Yeah, it was. And it was so different. Like I walked into this fancy office my first day. They had like free oatmeal. I was like, that's amazing. (laughs) You're like, I've made it. I'm I'm here. Yeah. yeah. Um, And free coffee because in my publishing job, we didn't even get free coffee. Hmm. It was crazy. I know. I feel like coffee and writing goes hand in hand. You You would think they would have that out there. I know you would think, but but they didn't have any. They didn't hmm. even have a, a water hookup in the office, but we had to go and get water from the sink in the bathroom. <laughs> anyway. Oh my God. Damn. I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, then my first day I was like, oh, I'm going to go fill my water bottle at this new place at the advertising company. Mm-hmm. And they were like, you know, like you can use the, like the sink in the kitchen. You yeah. <laughs> Did you go like, straight wow. for the bathroom? <laughs> walking in like where are you going (laughs) plus that's the men's room (laughs) right uh yeah oh my god they're like what happened to you (laughs) claire's like wow it really was tough there yeah yeah and i feel like i had to kind of pretend like i like you know when you get to a new job you're doing a lot of kind of like what's it like here like how do i fit in and like not like rock the boat or whatever like i felt like cinderella you know like hadn't just walked into like a totally different world right, from publishing, right. you know? Now that you're getting your doctorate, like, what do you, what are you thinking you want to do now um, once you finish up school? Well, I have kind of a while, you know, cause it's like mm-hmm. at least the whole program's at least five years and sometimes it's like seven. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I love being, I love teaching and I love being back like in a classroom and thinking about stuff and talking about books and stuff Um, So I would love to be a professor. I think that would be really fun. Um, It's kind of hard to get those jobs right now, though. Um, And so I would also be really happy, I think, like going into like arts consulting, which is something you can do or like rare book stuff, which is something you could do or like what's rare book stuff like, um, you know, there's people who work in like libraries kind of with rare books and like handling them and cataloging all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you could also like be work for an auction house or be a dealer or something like that um, with rare books. Um, you have to know a lot about rare books to get there, but you learn a lot in a PhD program. Um, so you could do something like that. There's people who work in like government jobs that have to do with like art stuff, um, like foundations, that kind of thing. Uh, there's like a lot you can do. You could also go into like traditional business consulting with a, a PhD. And I think you kind of start at a higher level. 
than if you just went in with a, a BA. Um, but I think like I'm thinking about this PhD as like being like, here's something I love to do, right? I get to do it for at least five years. And that's awesome, you know, and I maybe I get to be a professor at the end of this and that would be awesome. Or maybe I'll like go back and get another job doing something else that has to do with the arts and with reading and with books and literacy and that kind of thing. But whatever happens, like I feel like what I've kind of learned through like hustling and getting all these jobs I never thought I'd have and working in advertising, which I never thought I'd do, is that like, you know, to just kind of like follow like what happens and see where it takes you and see if you like it. And if you don't like find something else, but if you do like it, just kind of like, I don't know, enjoy it uh, because mm -hmm. I feel like it, you can easily get in your head about like, where do you want to be? But sometimes I think you can then miss like opportunities that don't fit into your image of your plan or whatever. Definitely. If it's a little too rigid and you don't leave room for yourself to kind of see what else is popping up. Yeah. And also if you let like other people's ideas of what they think you could possibly do um, or couldn't possibly do kind of get in your way, you know. So do you have any advice for, you know, whether that's a high school or college student who's really into reading books and thinking about at least getting an English major, whether or not they want to pursue a career in publishing? Like, do you have any advice for that student? Yeah, I do. I think, I mean, I think like I was saying, like, I think you really gotta think about your job search, like really broadly and think about what you could maybe want to do really broadly. Cause I think like a lot of people when they get out of college or when they're looking for internships, you know, sort of feel the need to be like, this is what I want to do and then pursue like that particular path. Um, and I feel like it's can be more helpful to just talk to a lot of people and like listen to them and be like, okay, actually what job sounds like something that like makes me excited or sounds like something that I think would be really cool. Um, like, I guess just like not getting too pigeonholed and being like open to stuff and knowing that like you can make a change or that, you know, kind of if you end up taking a job in finance or in, I don't know, marketing or whatever that 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 you can always go back you know um mm -hmm. there's no nobody's like you know in charge of your life except for you and you get to kind of you get to call all the shots so you can't call any bad shots kind of right and just because yeah so like you said just because you started down one path doesn't mean you can't switch over at some point or like you were saying earlier like eventually go back to it if that's what you wanted to yeah yeah totally um yeah. And I think if you like, if you love school, like I did, you know, and you love doing what you, you do, um, to really like spend your time enjoying it instead of worrying about what's going to come next, because, you know, it's going to happen. Like you're going to graduate at some point. And so like, you can just, I feel like get what you can out of being in high school or being in college. And then you can figure out the rest later, or you can just go back and never leave, like, or leave and go back like I did, you know? Are there a couple of books that you would recommend that you think most people should read? Oh, I don't know. Cause I think most people should read whatever they like, you know, I think that like, there's all, and like, I feel like I'm always kind of working against this as like somebody who's teaching writing and teaching, like eventually hopefully going to teaching literature, like, but I feel like 
that for a lot of people, the idea that they should be reading something or that there's like what they read isn't like smart enough or academic enough or whatever, like gets in the way of them actually reading. And I feel like reading is like in the first place supposed to be about enjoying, you know? Um, so like sometimes when I tell people like, oh yeah, I'm like getting a PhD in, in English lit or whatever, they get all weird about like telling me what they're actually reading. And I'm like, no, I like want to hear about the sci-fi that you're reading or like the romances that you love um, or whatever. Cause that stuff's all just as good as whatever medieval stuff I'm reading and often, you know, better written than the medieval stuff I'm reading. So um, I feel like I wouldn't say that there's something that everybody should read. Cause I feel like it's like reading is about learning, but I think first it's about enjoying. Well, I think that's all the questions that I have for you here, Catherine. I think this is great to, um, you know, let a lot of people who are considering pursuing like an English major and knowing that they still have a lot of options open for them um, afterwards, that they can pretty much do anything that they want to afterwards. Um, but yeah, I really appreciate your stories and your insight here. And, and thanks a lot for coming on. Oh, thanks for having me, Zach. It was really fun. Catherine Churchill, everybody. Thanks again for listening to another episode of After School Program. Follow us on Instagram at ASPPOD. And if you like this episode, please subscribe and tell a friend who you think would enjoy the show. Thanks again, and see you next time.